0: Chapter twelve of the pilot by james fenimore cooper. This Lieberbach recording is in the public domain food for powder. They'll fill a pit as well as better. Falstaff The three men who now entered the apartment appeared to be nothing daunted by the presence into which they were ushered. Though clad in the coarse and weather-beaten vestments of seamen, who had been exposed to recent and severe duty they silently obeyed the direction of the soldier's finger and took their stations in a distant corner of the room like men who knew the deference due to rank at the same time that the habits of their lives had long accustomed them to encounter the vicissitudes of the world with this slight preparation colonel howard began the business of examination i trust ye are all good and loyal subjects the veteran commenced with a considerate respect for innocence but the times are such that even the most worthy characters become liable to suspicion and consequently if our apprehensions should prove erroneous you must overlook the mistake and attribute it to the awful condition into which rebellion has plunged this empire we have much reason to fear that some project is about to be undertaken on the coast by the enemy who has appeared we know with a frigate and a schooner and the audacity of the rebels is only equalled by their shameless and wicked disrespect for the rights of the sovereign well colonel howard was uttering his apologetic preamble the prisoners fastened their eyes on him with much interest but when he alluded to the apprehended attack the gaze of two of them became more keenly attentive and before he concluded they exchanged furtive glances of deep meaning no reply was made however and after a short pause as if to allow time for his words to make a proper impression the veteran continued we have no evidence i understand that you are in the smallest degree connected with the enemies of this country but as you have been found out of the king's highway or rather on a by-path which i must confess is frequently used by the people of the neighbourhood but which is nevertheless nothing but a by-path it becomes no more than what self-preservation requires of us to ask you a few such questions as i trust will be satisfactorily answered to use your own nautical phrases from whence came ye pray and whither are ye bound a low deep voice replied from sunderland last and bound overland to whitehaven this simple and direct answer was hardly given before the attention of the listeners was called to alice dunscombe who uttered a faint shriek and rose from her seat involuntarily while her eyes seemed to roll fearfully and perhaps a little wildly round the room are you ill miss alice said the sweet soothing tones of cecilia howard you are indeed you are lean on me that i may lead you to your apartment did you hear it or was it only fancy she answered her cheek blanched to the whiteness of death and her whole frame shuddering as if in convulsions say did you hear it too i have heard nothing but the voice of my uncle who is standing near you anxious as we all are for your recovery from this dreadful agitation alice still gazed wildly from face to face her eye did not rest satisfied with dwelling on those who surrounded her but surveyed with a sort of frantic eagerness the figures and appearance of the three men who stood in humble patience the silent and unmoved witnesses of this extraordinary scene at length she veiled her eyes with both her hands as if to shut out some horrid vision and then removing them she smiled languidly as she signed for cecilia to assist her from the room to the polite and assiduous offers of the gentlemen she returned no other thanks than those conveyed in her looks and gestures but when the sentinels who paced the gallery were passed and the ladies were alone she breathed a long shivering sigh and found an utterance twas like a voice from the silent grave she said but it could be no more than mockery no no tis a just punishment for letting the image of the creature fill the place that should be occupied only with the creator ah miss howard miss plowden ye are both young in the pride of your beauty and loveliness but little do ye know and less do ye dread the temptations and errors of a sinful world her thoughts wander whispered katherine with anxious tenderness some awful calamity has affected her intellect yes it must be my sinful thoughts have wandered and conjured sounds that it would have been dreadful to hear in truth and within these walls said alice more composedly smiling with a ghastly expression as she gazed on the two beautiful solicitous maidens who supported her yielding person but the moment of weakness is past and i am better aid me to my room and return that you may not interrupt the reviving harmony between yourselves and colonel howard i am now better nay i am quite restored say not so dear miss alice Returned cecilia your face denies what your kindness to us induces you to utter ill very ill you are nor shall even your own commands induce me to leave you remain then said miss dunscombe bestowing a look of grateful affection on her lovely supporter and while our katherine returns to the drawing-room to give the gentlemen their coffee you shall continue with me as my gentle nurse by this time they had gained the apartment and katherine after assisting her cousin to place alice on her bed returned to do the honors of the drawing-room colonel howard ceased his examination of the prisoners at her entrance to inquire with courtly solicitude after the invalid and when his questions were answered he again proceeded as follows this is what the lads would call plain sailing borroughcliffe they are out of employment in sunderland and have acquaintances and relatives in whitehaven to whom they are going for assistance and labour all very probable and perfectly harmless nothing more so my respectable host returned the jocund soldier but it seemeth a grievous misfortune that a trio of such flesh and blood should need work wherewithal to exercise their thews and sinews while so many of the vessels of his majesty's fleet navigate the ocean in quest of the enemies of old england there is truth in that much truth in your remark cried the colonel what say you my lads will you fight the Frenchman, and the don a and even my own rebellious and infatuated countrymen nay by heaven it is not a trifle that shall prevent his majesty from possessing the services of three such heroes here are five guineas apiece for you the moment that you put foot on board the alacrity cutter and that can easily be done as she lies at anchor this very night only two short leagues to the south of this in a small port where she is riding out the gale as snugly as if she were in a corner of this room one of the men affected to gaze at the money with longing eyes while he asked as if weighing the terms of the engagement whether the alacrity was called a good sea-boat and was thought to give a comfortable berth to her crew comfortable echoed borroughcliffe for that matter she is called the bravest cutter in the navy you've seen much of the world i dare say did you ever see such a place as the marine arsenal at carthagena in old spain indeed i have sir returned the seaman in a cool collected tone ah you have well did you ever meet with a house in paris that they call the tuileries because it's a dog-kennel to the alacrity I have even fallen in with the place you mentioned sir returned the sailor and must own the berth quite good enough for such as i am if it tallies with your description the deuce take these blue jackets muttered borroughcliffe addressing himself unconsciously to miss plowden near whom he happened to be at the time they run their tarry countenances into all the corners of the earth and abridge a man most lamentably in his comparisons now who the devil would have thought that fellow had ever put his sea-green eyes on the palace of king louis catherine heeded not his speech but sat eyeing the prisoners with a confused and wavering expression of countenance while colonel howard renewed the discourse by exclaiming come come borroughcliffe let us give the lads no tales for a recruit but good plain honest english god bless the language and the land for which it was first made too there is no necessity to tell these men if they are what they seem to be practical seamen that a cutter of ten guns contains all the room and accommodation of a palace do you allow nothing for english oak and english comfort mine host said the immovable captain do you think good sir that i measure fitness and propriety by square and compass as if i were planning solomon's temple anew all i mean to say is that the alacrity is a vessel of singular compactness and magical arrangement of room like the tent of that handsome brother of the fairy in the arabian nights she is big or she is little as occasion needeth. and now hang me if i don't think i have uttered more in her favour than her commander would say to help me to a recruit though no lad in the three kingdoms should appear willing to try how a scarlet coat would suit his boorish figure that time has not yet arrived and god forbid that it never should while the monarch needs a soldier in the field to protect his rights but what say ye my men you have heard the recommendation that captain borroughcliffe has given of the alacrity which is altogether true after making some allowances for language will ye serve shall i order you a cheering-glass a man and lay by the gold till i hear from the cutter that you are enrolled under the banners of the best of kings Catherine plowden who hardly seemed to breathe, so close and intent was the interest with which she regarded the seamen, fancied she observed lurking smiles on their faces. But if her conjectures were true, their disposition to be merry went no further, and the one who had spoken hitherto replied, in the same calm manner as before, You will excuse us if we decline shipping in the cutter, sir? We are used to distant voyages and large vessels, whereas the alacrity is kept at coast duty and is not of a size to lay herself alongside of a don or a frenchman with a double row of teeth if you prefer that sort of sport you must to the right about for yarmouth there you will find ships that will meet anything that swims said the colonel perhaps the gentleman would prefer abandoning the cares and dangers of the ocean for a life of ease and gaiety said the captain the hand that has long dallied with a marlin may be easily made to feel a trigger as gracefully as a lady touches the keys of her piano in short there is and there is not a great resemblance between the life of a sailor and that of a soldier there are no gales of wind nor short allowances nor reefing topsails nor shipwrecks among soldiers at the same time there is just as much or even more grog-drinking jollifying care-killing fun around a canteen and an open knapsack than there is on the end of a mess-chest with a full can and a saturday night's breeze i have crossed the ocean several times and i must own that a ship in good weather is very much the same as a camp or comfortable barracks mind i say only in very good weather we have no doubt that all you say is true sir observed the spokesman of the three but what to you may seem a hardship to us is pleasure we have faced too many a gale to mind a capful of wind and should think ourselves always in the calm latitudes in one of your barracks where there is nothing to do but to eat our grub and to march a little fore and aft a small piece of green earth we hardly know one end of a musket from the other no said borroughcliffe musing and then advancing with a quick step toward them he cried in a spirited manner attention right dress the speaker and the seaman next him gazed at the captain in silent wonder but the third individual of the party who had drawn himself a little aside as if willing to be unnoticed or perhaps pondering on his condition involuntarily started at this unexpected order and erecting himself threw his head to the right as promptly as if he had been on a parade-ground oho ye are apt scholars gentlemen and ye can learn i see continued borroughcliffe i feel it to be proper that i detain these men till to-morrow morning colonel howard yet i would give them better quarters than the hard benches of the guard-room act your pleasure captain borroughcliffe returned the host so you do but your duty to our royal master they shall not want for cheer and they can have a room over the servants offices in the south side of the abbey three rooms my colonel three rooms must be provided though i give up my own there are several small empty apartments there where blankets might be taken and the men placed for safe-keeping if you deem it necessary though to me they seem like good loyal tars whose greatest glory it would be to serve their prince and whose chief pleasure would consist in getting alongside of a don or a monsieur we shall discuss these matters anon said borroughcliffe dryly i see miss plowden begins to look grave at our abusing her patience so long and i know that cold coffee is like withered love but a tasteless sort of a beverage come gentlemen on avant you have seen the tuileries and must have heard a little french mr christopher dillon know you where these three small apartments are situate lying and being as your parchments read i do sir said the complying lawyer and shall take much pleasure in guiding you to them. i think your decision that of a prudent and sagacious officer and much doubt whether durham castle or some other fortress will be thought too big to hold em ere long as this speech was uttered while the men were passing from the room its effect on them was unnoticed but catherine plowden who was left for a few moments by herself sat and pondered over what she had seen and heard with a thoughtfulness of manner that was not usual to her gay and buoyant spirits the sounds of the retiring footsteps however gradually grew fainter and the return of her guardian alone recalled the recollection of the young lady to the duties of her situation while engaged in the little offices of the tea-table katherine threw many furtive glances at the veteran but although he seemed to be musing there was nothing austere or suspicious in his frank open countenance there is much useless trouble taken with these wandering seamen sir said katherine at length it seems to be the particular province of mr christopher dillon to make all that come in contact with him excessively uncomfortable and what has kit to do with the detention of the men what why has he not undertaken to stand godfather to their prisons by a woman's patience i think colonel howard this business will gain a pretty addition to the names of st ruth it is already called a house an abbey a place and by some a castle let mr dillon have his way for a month and it will add jail to the number Kit is not so happy as to possess the favour of Miss Plowden, but still Kidd is a worthy fellow, and a good fellow, and a sensible fellow, ay. and what is of more value than all these put together, Miss Catherine, Mr. Christopher Dillon, is a faithful and loyal subject to his prince. His mother was my cousin-german, madam, and I cannot say how soon I may call him my nephew. The Dillons are of good Irish extraction, and I believe that even Miss Plowden will admit that the Howards have some pretensions to a name ah uh, it is those very things called names that i most allude to said katherine quickly but an hour since you were indignant my dear guardian because you suspected that i insinuated you ought to write jailer behind the name of howard and even now you submit to have the office palmed upon you you forget miss katherine plowden that it is the pleasure of one of his majesty's officers to detain these men but i thought that the glorious british constitution which you so often mention interrupted the young lady spiritedly gives liberty to all who touch these blessed shores you know sir, that out of twenty blacks that you brought with you how few remain the rest having fled on the wings of the spirit of british liberty this was touching a festering sore in the colonel's feelings and his provoking ward well knew the effects her observation was likely to produce her guardian did not break forth in a violent burst of rage or furnish those manifestations of his ire that he was wont to do on less important subjects but he arose with all his dignity concentrated in a look and after making a violent effort to restrain his feelings within the bounds necessary to preserve the decorum of his exit he ventured to reply that the british constitution is glorious madam is most true that this island is the sole refuge where liberty has been able to find a home is also true the tyranny and oppression of the congress which are grinding down the colonies to the powder of desolation and poverty are not worthy the sacred name rebellion pollutes all that it touches madam although it often commences under the sanction of holy liberty it ever terminates in despotism the annals of the world from the time of the greeks and romans down to the present day abundantly prove it there was that julius caesar who was one of the or people's men and he ended a tyrant oliver cromwell was another a rebel a demagogue and a tyrant the gradations madam are as inevitable as from childhood to youth and from youth to age as for the little affair that you have been pleased to mention of of the-of the-of my private concerns i can only say that the affairs of nations are not to be judged of by domestic incidents any more than domestic occurrences are to be judged of by national politics the colonel like many a better logician mistook his antithesis for argument and paused a moment to admire his own eloquence but the current of his thoughts which always flowed in torrents on this subject swept him along in its course and he continued yes madam here and here alone is true liberty to be found with this solemn asseveration which is not lightly made but which is the result of sixty years experience i leave you miss let it be a subject of deep reflection with you for i too well understand your treacherous feelings not to know that your political errors encourage your personal foibles reflect for your own sake if you love not only your own happiness but your respectability and standing in the world as for the black hounds that you spoke of they are a set of rebellious mutinous ungrateful rascals and if ever i meet one of the damned the colonel had so far controlled his feelings as to leave the presence of the lady before he broke out into the bitter invectives we have recorded and katherine stood a minute pressing her forefinger on her lips listening to his voice as it grumbled along the gallery until the sounds were finally excluded by the closing of a distant door the wilful girl then shook her dark locks and a smile of arch mischief blended with an expression of regret in her countenance As she spoke to herself while with hurried hands she threw her tea-equipage aside in a confused pile it was perhaps a cruel experiment but it has succeeded though prisoners ourselves we are at least left free for the remainder of this night these mysterious sailors must be examined more closely if the proud eye of edward griffith was not glaring under the black wig of one of them i am no judge of features and where has master barnstable concealed his charming visage for neither of the others could be he but now for cecilia her light form glided from the room while she was yet speaking and flitting along the dimly lighted passages it disappeared in one of those turnings that led to the more secret apartments of the abbey chapter twelve